Hey friends, welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Uh, today we're talking about CDF Capital, our premier brand sponsor. Your church matters and so do you. The church is the integral part of God's story for redemption and transformed lives. It is a necessary part of God's redemptive plan for humanity and his plan A for the entire world. And with God, there is no plan B. Since 1953, CDF Capital has helped church leaders like you and individuals like you bring light to the world through the thoughtful stewardship of their capital. CDF Capital is so much more than just a lender. They are a ministry and their ministry is simple, to lend money to churches. However, unlike traditional financial institutions, they do so much more. As a ministry, they win when your objectives line up with their objectives and the kingdom grows. But that's not just through the lending transaction. CDF Capital builds relationships with like-minded church leaders to maximize the capital for their churches. Together, when we all partner with the Lord to bring spiritual leadership and financial capital to the church, the results are transformational. Join this transformation and contact CDF Capital to learn more about their loan and investment programs today at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. That's cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Are you looking for practical ministry help to inform and inspire your leadership? Do you have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of other leaders in pursuit of stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast, presented by CDF Capital, helping churches grow. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. So glad that you have decided to tune in. Man, we're really looking forward to today's conversation. A repeat guest, which you know, when we have repeat guests, that means they've got something good to say. We want to bring them back to the table, hear what they have to say. Super excited to have William Vanderblumen. He's the founder and CEO of Vanderblumen Search Group. This is a firm well-known uh, to folks that are listening in. They're really known all over the world for excellence in identifying executive talent and really matching values-based organizations with like-minded or, uh, with or, with like-minded people. Well, I think that makes sense. <laughs> uh, super excited to have William on the, the, the call. He's also a sought-after thought leader in really company culture, talent retention, AI, and future work trends. William, so glad you're here. Thanks for being here today. Thanks. I'm feeling bad about my seating. I'm just sitting at my desk in my office, and then I realize I actually have a, a seminary degree on the wall, and this is the wrong podcast to have that in the camera <laughs> shot. So... <laughs> love it. Love it. It's true. That's that's good. Why don't you fill out the picture a little bit, the William Vanderblumen picture. Tell us a little bit of your story. Give us the, fill out the picture a little bit for yeah. us. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try and keep it short. I tell people I'm a recovering uh, preacher. So uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> we go on and on. I know there are a lot of exec pastors listening. You're like, oh my gosh, I thought we were getting out on time, but now... Uh, no. <laughs> I, you know, I think, Rich, I probably was born with some malformed gene that's made me a, a bit of a serial <laughs> entrepreneur. And mm. uh, you know, I was the kid that, you know, was a paper boy, but, but bought out the paper routes around me and redistributed them and made it mine more dense and sold off what I didn't need. I mean, it just kind of, it, it's a, it's a dysfunction. I should probably be in counseling, but, uh, <laughs> it, and, and honestly, it's what made me not want to go into ministry is I, mm. I wanted to go do something 
or you're building something where you're, and I grew up in a Presbyterian church, very quiet, great church, but mainline Mm -hmm. custodial sort of setting, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. don't mean that in a bad way. It's just what it was. I thought going to ministry, then you stand around and I guess you wear the robe all week or do you, can you wear that to the grocery (laughs) store or do you like, I don't know. Love it. And you sit with people at the hospital and try not to make too many people mad and preach a good message, you know? And that was like, Mm. uh, uh, but, uh, but, but God has a way of winning wrestling matches (laughs) and uh, (laughs) love it. And, and we wrestled and he won. And so I went into, you know, Presbyterian church ministry, uh, and then I got hold of one of my profs gave me a Lyle Schaller book, great church growth guy who's with Jesus now. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the lines in his book that my professor had highlighted was uh, Jesus called us to be fishers of men, not keepers of an aquarium. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, good. <laughs> it was like a light bulb moment for me. And that's right when yes. Willow and Saddleback were sort of hitting their stride. And it's like, wow, you right. can be a kingdom entrepreneur. I mean, like I can say it cleaner now, I think I, I was like, wow, we could overpopulate heaven. That would be so cool. <laughs> I love it. So good. <laughs> and uh, So off I went, probably changed too much too quick at a lot of places, but had gracious people mm-hmm. around me and uh, mm-hmm. pastored mostly as a senior pastor in the Presbyterian church. Always mm-hmm. had an odd group of friends though, you know, the Willows, the Saddlebacks, the Nondenoms, and that was all very threatening. Um, but uh <laughs> God was good. And uh, then after a divorce, which I would not recommend, by the way, uh, sure. <laughs> you know, uh, I found myself as a single dad and with four kids and in no shape to mm-hmm. take care of anybody spiritually. Uh, the church had been very gracious to me. And mm-hmm. uh, I ended up taking a job uh, at an oil and gas company, try a new career. You know, yes. I'm like, I don't know that. And they said, well, you know, people. So we'll start you in the HR department and a rotation and then we'll move you somewhere else. When we rotate you around, you can have a nice career here. First year I'm there, by the way, I hated it. I was not made for it. <laughs> okay. They were good people. They were doing yes. good work. They paid well. There yeah. were a lot of believers in the company, including the very top people sure. in the company. So no yeah. knock on them, but it was just not what I was wired to do. And right. man, it's taken me 15 years of search work to realize just because someone's talented doesn't mean they're right for the job. Oh, at nice. all. Okay, good. Yes. So, and that was me. I just, you know, right. I, and so the CEO said, um, I've been here nine years. I didn't realize that's like mm-hmm. a lifetime for a Fortune 200 company, which is what we were. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. And uh, so they hired a search firm to find a new CEO. 90 days later, mm-hmm. they had the new CEO. Um, first Presbyterian Houston, where I'd been serving, which is a fantastic church. And within the yeah, little fantastic. world of Presbyterianism, Honestly, one of the best ones. Yep. It took them three years to find me. Wow. I was there right. not quite six. It took yes. them almost three years to find my successor. So wow. they had a 12 year run. Wow. With half of it in search mode and half of it yes. with a pastor. And here's an oil and gas company. Now, I live in Texas, so we don't believe this, but most of the world believes that the oil and gas world is the death star of the evil galactic empire. And like, <laughs> it's just the worst thing in the world. So why in the right. world, you know, it just set me off with, with what, you know, a, an old mentor of mine would have called a holy discontent. Mm. And, and I can say it now, like I, cleanly, mm-hmm. you know, hindsight gives yes. you clarity, right? Yes. Why yeah. does the business world have a better solution than the bride? Right. Just, oh, good. 
Yes. Yes. So I went home. Adrian and I had just gotten married. We blended our families. We had six kids. We had a new mm-hmm. house that we could barely afford. We didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I said, Adrian, I think I'm supposed to quit my job and start something new for churches. Mm. And she looked at me and she said, oh, yeah, that's because churches love new ideas, right? (laughs) (laughs) They're good with that. They like innovation and trying new things that we've never done before. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Wow. He ended up nailed to wood. Uh, Yes, yes, yes. yes. Anyway, long story short. Oh, and, and the kicker is it was the fall of 2008. Now, if you're not great old, time, like, perfect time. Well, okay, then you know. I mean, if you're too young to know, just Google 2008 economy. <laughs> it yes, was not yes. good. So yes. that was then. Uh, you know, I got some mentoring from a really great guy. I learned as I went. I had very mm-hmm. uh, patient clients in the early years, mm-hmm. and now, mm-hmm. 15 years later, we've completed 3,000 searches. Um, you know, we've just we've we've gotten to work with some of the best people on the planet. Uh, mm-hmm. You guys, your team being mm-hmm. one of them back in the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm just very very grateful for what mm-hmm. uh, what doors God has opened. Yeah, that's great. I love hearing that story and and hearing your heart behind that. And yeah, this is a part of what I like about you, William. Is you. Uh, you you are you know in the church's corner. You want to help churches and you want to serve, and you've built, I think, a great organization that does that consistently, which is is fantastic. You, I, I'm so glad to have you on today because I want to take advantage of that van, that kind of vantage point that you have over seeing so many different leaders in so many different contexts. And recently, I heard that you did this study of was it thirty thousand leaders? That's a crazy number. Uh, tell us crazy. about this. What what was this thing yeah. that you? I want to unearth this. What was this this study right. that you guys set out to do? Right. Well, I I, it, I think most massive projects like that, or a book, or anything, mm-hmm. come from a burden. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not because what research Good. project can I do today? It's usually like I got a question I got to know the answer to. Yes. And I don't know. Have you out. ever? Have you ever? Have you ever like been in a meeting? It's only happened to me a handful of times outside of my job now, mm-hmm. but you're in a meeting or maybe at a social function or a church or whatever, and you meet somebody and within five minutes, you're like winner. Mm. Absolutely. Oh winner. yeah. Yeah. This is different. Right. I mean, I don't know if you've done yeah, that. Totally. I think totally. most people have. And yeah, I have wondered for the longest time. I mean, I've got a lot to learn, but I'm not super gullible. So mm. why in the world does this person win me over in five minutes? Right. What is it about them? You know? And, and when I was younger, I used to just hire them all. And that's dumb because back to the point of, you know, I was an idiot. I knew everything because I was 31. And that's what you do when you're yes. 31. You know everything. <laughs> but I would try and hire them. And <laughs> they weren't a fit for, for the company. And a lot of times they weren't even as talented as I thought. They just reminded me of me. And I like me, you know? So, right. Uh, <laughs> And then, and then there are other times where I'd, I'd meet great people and not realize I was in the middle of a great conversation. I mean, my first conversation mm. with Chris Hodges, he was getting ready mm. to plant his church. John Maxwell introduced the two of us. We were on a golf mm-hmm. course. And uh, he said, this is my friend Chris getting ready to plant. And you know, he's at Church of the Highlands, which is yes. arguably one yeah, of the best monster, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm like, you, you know anybody in Alabama? He's like, nope, I don't know anybody. I'm like, well, good wow. luck, buddy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was an idiot. I missed it. Yes, so the question yes. in my mind is, what is it that causes these really special people to shine? And could mm. you find a way to identify really special people when you miss it? Right? Right. 
Just, right. You know, for for 14 of our 15 years, we've just have been very blessed with a lot of growth. And you've been in mm-hmm. a growing church. Your listeners mm-hmm. are hopefully in a growing church. If they're not, mm-hmm. they ought to hire yep. you to help them grow. <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Well, they should. And, yes. uh, you know, growth doesn't leave a lot of time. Right. You know, you, right. You, it, it, yes. it's, it, yeah, it's more fun than not growing, but it's not like this. It's like people talk about yes. the luxury life of travel. <laughs> Only <laughs> in travel. But yes, uh, absolutely. I, in the pandemic, mm-hmm. every one of our clients closed right. um, indefinitely, which by the way, I, my religion and philosophy degree did not teach me much about P&Ls, but if all of your clients close indefinitely, it will change your balance sheet, right? Yes, uh, exactly. <laughs> Things are going to change, absolutely. It yeah, also yeah. Uh, freed up our calendar. And so we realized, so when we do a search, like we do a search for your camp or whatever the thing mm, is, that we're mm, for, and mm. maybe there are 1,500 people that could be considered. And then you get right. serious about it and it gets down to maybe there's 150. And if you're an exec yep. pastor, you've done this. You do your initial yep. phone calls. You do research and down, 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 mm-hmm. down, down. When we get mm-hmm. down to the final, call it eight or 10, somewhere in there, yep. uh, really, really talented people, they get a an in-person face-to-face interview mm-hmm. with us. Mm-hmm. And we realized in the pandemic, you know what? We've done 30,000 of these now. Yes. And that was three <laughs> years ago. So I don't even know what the yes. number is. Yeah, it's more now. And the good thing yeah. is I quit hiring people like me. I hired people that are not like me, that are detail-oriented. Mm. And they've mm. kept track of all those people. And we have right. records of interviews. And we have – so we were Love able it. to say, like, okay, 30,000. Can we figure out who the best of those are? Like the right. best of the best. Yep. We figured out who got the job, who kept it, who got promoted, who brought multiplication and growth, who brought disciples. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. That makes sense. So, so then, okay, we got the best of the best. We know who they are. Then the question was, do they have anything in common? Right. What is, what's, what's the commonality? Who, what, what are the things that these people yeah. have? What are the traits that they have in common? Yeah. And, and the answer was yes. And the answer was nothing I'd expected. Really? Was, Interesting. Yeah. I would have thought, like, for instance, I would have thought, uh, maybe they all have a high IQ. Right. Uh, maybe they all got to go to really good schools where they received some degree of finishing, you know, like mm. interpersonal skills. Mm. And the, yes. Nope. Nope. Maybe they're all one type of job position. No, it's not that. Mm. Like, hmm. Hmm. you know, uh, you, exec pastors, you know how long it takes to interview a pastoral care candidate? Like, they just want to sit here of you. I'm like, oh my gosh, much prefer interviewing executive pastors. They get it done quickly. Um, yes. But uh, <laughs> love it. Well, they do. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Love so it. It was none of these qualities. What we did find was there were 12 mm. habits that overwhelmingly okay. were common among these, we call them unicorns, right? Yep. yep. And the coolest part was. We didn't see this coming. We were frankly doing a very selfish study to figure out how do we identify these people mm-hmm. and not miss them when you have something like my interaction with Pastor Chris. And mm-hmm. the cool byproduct of the study was every one of these 12 habits is completely coachable, completely mm-hmm. teachable. So now Love instead it. of spending my day saying, I know how to spot a unicorn, we're actually mm-hmm. able to say, I know how to teach you or help you teach your team how to become unicorns. And I man, in, in a day where the church is is 
a lot of people would say losing relevance or it's noisy or mm -hmm. people aren't coming and there's a lot of pessimism. I'm not quite as pessimistic, but how mm -hmm. cool would it be if instead of having one person on your staff that's like that, you had a whole team. And then when a visitor comes within five minutes, they're mm -hmm. like, these people are unlike anything I've ever seen. And I, right. so it, wow. it, it led, you know, the, what was a research project led to, okay, let's make it a resource available to people. Let's make it mm -hmm. a book. And uh, we've, I've spent a lot of my year working on that. Fortunately, I've got a great right. team that does all our search work. But uh, yes, love it. Well, I'd love to, you know, unpack that a little bit more. First of all, I love the, you know, the insight. You didn't quite say it like this, but as you were saying that, it, it you know, it got thinking about what your firm does, what you do. There's a part of it where you're trying, what I, what I hear in this project, this Be the Unicorn book is really trying to demystify what can be kind of a mysterious thing. You, you're talking to candidates, you're talking to leaders, you're trying to figure out, and is it like some sort of magic that you know we're looking for, or should I be looking for habits, or should I be developing them in my people? Uh, I love that. Well, why don't we talk about, is there a habit or two that you found the most surprising, that are like the most kind of counterintuitive in the 12 um, that are like, mm, that's that maybe pushes in a different direction. Is there something there yeah. that we could unpack yeah, a little there bit? Yeah, there are a few. There are a few. Mm -hmm. I, honestly, if, if somebody had given me the chapter list, like just the table of mm -hmm. contents for this book, I'd say, duh, everybody should try and do all those things. <laughs> sure. That's easy. What sure. idiot wrote this? Yes. Uh, the difference <laughs> is this is not William's 12 Opinions. This is actually data-driven. Like this is evidence-based research that hopefully mm -hmm. comes out really simple. Like you listen to Tim Lucas preach and it mm -hmm. sounds like the simplest thing for him to do. It sounds easy. Right. And the only reason it sounds that way is because he's practiced it 9 million times. Yes. You know, yes with Andy Stanley. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there, there are not a lot of, I would call, uh, uh, plot twists in the 12 habits. Sure. But, but sure. one that... Um, that I never would have seen coming had I not started our mm -hmm. business is mm -hmm. if we call it the fast, but I probably should have titled it the responsive. Mm. Very few people. And, and every one of these 12 habits was incredibly common among the unicorns mm -hmm. and incredibly uncommon among the rest of us. Uh, okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. People are terrible at getting back to one another. They're just <laughs> so true. Well, yep. I mean, I, I can walk you through study after study. We looked at like inbound marketing, for instance, you know, where you use mm -hmm. a HubSpot mm -hmm. or an Infusionsoft mm -hmm. or, or church community builder or whatever it is mm -hmm. to have somebody fill out a form and say, please send me more information or have someone call yes. me. Car dealers yes. use it, churches use it, every, inbound marketing. <laughs> they, they People respond to those things? <laughs> so, so there was this a the massive, <laughs> massive study done of... Yep tens of thousands of companies that pay for inbound software. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the question was how, how, what's the correlation between how quickly you respond to those forms when they come in and how likely mm -hmm. you are to actually have a conversation with mm -hmm. the person that wrote in. Mm -hmm. Make sense. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. so the study showed some really interesting stats. Like for instance, somebody writes and fills out a form. If they get a human response, not a chat bot, mm -hmm. not an AI, but a mm -hmm. human response within 60 mm -hmm. seconds, there's a 98% chance that you're going to have a conversation with that potential customer, wow. visitor, or whatever the wow. thing is. 98%. Slam wow. dunk. Wow. No problem. Mm -hmm. You wait mm -hmm. 20 minutes, it drops to 60%. Wow. Amazing. You wait 24 hours, it's less than 1%. Ooh, that's convicting. <laughs> now, the, now, now, the real punchline is 
they went on to figure out of all these companies that did the survey, mm-hmm. what's your average response time when someone writes in on your company form? Average response time for these people who are paying all this money for this software, 42 hours. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. We contacted the people at eHarmony, which is like mm-hmm. uh, the OG of, of Tinder or yes. you know whatever yes. that is. We asked them, like, what's the response time when people have a potential match? Now, you're talking about a a website that is full of lonely people that are trying very hard to meet other people. You know, the response time is terrible. The unicorns respond quickly. Quickly. Interesting. And it makes all the difference. I stumbled into this when we started the business and I had six kids in a Mm -hmm. house and no money and Mm -hmm. all that. Man, if you wrote Mm -hmm. me and said, could we talk about you finding this for me? It didn't matter if it was a dog catcher. I was calling you right away because I needed to go buy groceries. (laughs) You know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I kept hearing, you got back to us. Nobody gets back Mm -hmm. to us. Well, the research Mm -hmm. shows exactly that. So for instance, XPs, uh, I just read a big study on giving. And uh, one of the things they found was, guess what the, the current best uh, way to follow up with a first-time donor is? And the answer is, the lead pastor or the preaching pastor of the day texts mm-hmm. that donor that afternoon. Yes, love it, love it. Sunday or whatever day your yep. services are. Yep. The yep. likelihood of that donor giving again goes up by like 3x if that happens. Yep. And it's love the it. same sort of thing. It's just responsiveness. Well, I, yes, I love that. So, you know, I, so I decided to, let's stick with this idea of responsiveness. I, you know, this is true. You can think in, or from an organization point of view, um, I can name on one hand, the organizations that I would say are responsive. Your organization is one of them where like, Hey, you, you know, those people actually get back to you quickly. I, there's another one where I know if I email that guy, he's going to call me in 30 seconds. Like it is, you know, there, and I'm there's a little bit of like, are they just sitting around waiting for me to, to email? But, you know, as a, as a client, I love that. I'm like, cause I know when I'm, if I'm going to take action on that, they're, they're ready for me. They can, they can handle that, which is fantastic. How do we inculcate that as in our team? So how yeah, do we, you know, it seems like we're struggling point. to get people to respond in a day to emails, you know, yeah. but how do we, how do we try to help that in our I, I think super carefully. Now, the, the cool thing, um, it, our study did turn into a book and each chapter is on yep. one of the habits. And so then you, yep. here's what we've learned and like the data, mm-hmm. here's mm-hmm. what the unicorns are saying about how to implement this. And then here's some tangible mm-hmm. steps that you can do. So it's a very, mm-hmm. almost like a workbook type book. Uh, so, so there's some great examples in there, but I would say um, what's not as much in the book about uh, responsiveness is how do you build guardrails where you don't kill your people's work-life balance? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yes, respond, but can we have some house rules for what that actually means within a team? When we were three or four people as a company, you know, whatever it, it mm-hmm. we were, we we're all in each other's business. We yeah, were there's, one a hungry, there's, there's a hungry, there's a hunger there. Yeah. 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 And yeah. we were all together all the time. So it didn't matter. We mm-hmm. got almost 50 people now. That's a whole different thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So, right. Uh, for us, for instance, inside the office, um, it's it's known that for our communication, if you email me after work hours, I am I the message you're sending me is please get back to me within 24 hours, yes. no problem. Okay, yep. um, if you Slack me, which is our inner office mm-hmm. messaging platform, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If you send me a Slack after hours, 
Okay, now we're at like DEFCON 3. Like now mm-hmm. we're at, I don't know what Canada's DEFCON is, but that's- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Sorry. Yeah. It's high. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, right. okay, this is kind of important. Where I'm having dinner with the kids now, but I'm not, I'll deal with it once I get a quiet minute, right? Yeah. Yep. If you text me after hours mm-hmm. as a coworker, that's DEFCON 2, and I need an answer pretty dang quick. And yes. if, it, if it's a phone call after hours, you pick up. Yeah, yeah. And yep, that requires yep. a whole lot of boundary management. Like, yep. I really miss our text string during Game of Thrones. That was kind of fun. but <laughs> <laughs> Sure, sure. But, you know, you can't do – so I would just say, you know, you can – train your people to be more responsive. But I think if you're the exec pastor, particularly, it's mm-hmm. on you to create some boundaries where people don't, aren't afraid of that. Yes. I just wrote an article on this, or actually I was interviewed uh, for this mm-hmm. by uh, the Business Insider. Do you know this magazine? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So they said, are you okay if we kind of make this a little bit of a clickbait title? I said, as long as you tell the whole story, because sure. not every job requires this level of responsiveness, a controller, right. whatever. Right. Right. You know, yes, yes. Uh, a kid's <laughs> pastor, maybe, yep. but yep. like first time visitor person, absolute mm-hmm. response needed, yes. right? Yeah, you need to jump uh, on it right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in, in our world, like, I think a part of that is what you've done there is is even defining for people. We do that annually as an organization. We we go through exactly that same thing. Hey, let's just talk about our communication commitments again as an organization. And we have very, very similar email within a day, you know, text within an hour, call, please pick up. Um, and you know, we and it's training on both sides. It's saying, hey, if I'm sending you a message, I've got multiple channels I can send it through. Each right. don't send the message that I don't need to know until next week. Don't text me or call me. Send me a send me an email about that. Or, you know, vice versa. If I'm calling you, hey, there's something that I need an answer for right now. Um, please don't send me to voicemail because I'm just gonna call you again. <laughs> you know, so how do we communicate that? That's good. Well, what are that? And what I'm trying to learn is how do I encourage the entire team to to be responsive, realizing not everyone has to get back in 60 seconds? You know, right. There are different departments of your church or your camp or Mm -hmm. your school or my company Mm -hmm. that just don't require as immediate a response. But my, my EA, Brian, Mm -hmm. that requires immediate response because I'm probably not going to be able, you're not going to reach me, but you'll reach him and he's going to make you so happy that you heard from him right right away. And, like right. that's so he so like if I'm interviewing for that position or mm-hmm. a sales marketing position, I, I borderline entrapment. I'll, sure. I'll send a text. <laughs> at, I will. I'll send a text at 10 p.m. or I'll have someone from the company that Brian doesn't know text him at mm. 10 p.m. Say, oh, I heard you were interviewing with us. Sorry, I missed you today. I'd love to catch up sometime. And see now let's happens. just see how it goes. And if he doesn't <laughs> respond right away. Whatever. It's not the yes. end of the world. But if he happens to respond right away, it's like, oh, yeah, he's got here. the same kind of dysfunction we have. That's good. <laughs> Love it. So this, you know, there's a, so there's a whole bunch of these friends and we want to encourage you to pick up a copy of the book. You can get the Amazon. We can we'll give you all those links in a minute. One of the ones that stood out to me was the curious. So number eight, the curious. Tell us a little bit about this uh, curiosity, as I think it might be as I age, I realize, man, this is like a it's a secret weapon in um, in leading, but talk to us about what did you find about uh, the curious? Uh, most people aren't curious. Mm. <laughs> most okay. people accept yes. status quo. Most people yes. just do the same thing every day. Most right. people don't ask why. Uh, mm. There's a wonderful talk. It's been viewed 
a bajillion times with Simon Sinek. And he said, the mm -hmm. minute my career changed was when I started asking people questions. And then I started talking about my beliefs rather than what I do. Mm. Yeah, and good. it just changes everything because very few people go to that place. It's like the start mm -hmm. with why. That's mm -hmm. such a game changer, right? But right. very few people do. The people right. that stand out are the ones that ask really great questions. In fact, I don't do a lot of search work anymore. There are a few here and there, if it's a longtime friend or if it's a mm -hmm. really complex issue or something like that. If I'm involved in a search, my team will take it most of the way home. And when we get down to the mm -hmm. finalists, I'll have an interview with them. And it's for good or bad, it's the interview with the guy whose name is on the door. So people are all, what am I going to get asked? <laughs> sure. I, I kind of only ask one question. Hey, Rich, you've already gone through the life story and personality and job history mm -hmm. with the rest of my team. You don't need to tell me all that mm -hmm. again. That's fine. I think the best way we can use this time, uh, I know the client you're wanting to land a job with or interview with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I know him really well. Mm -hmm. Ask me anything. I'll give you the real answer. Hmm. Fascinating. And that's the interview. Yes. <laughs> love it. Because love it. It's so really good. great candidates ask amazing yes. questions. Right. Super insightful. They've, you know, they give you a sense of they know the organization. They're they're, you know, they're they're looking the 201, 301, dig a bit deeper. Hey, what's actually happening? You know, that's cool. Love that. How many times in scripture was Jesus asked a question and he turned around and answered it by asking another question? Yeah, all the time. Yeah, all the time. All yeah. the time. All the time. Yeah. He did it more than he did answer the question. Yes. Yeah. Infuriatingly so. <laughs> right. So, you know, it, it, the answers are often within you if you just ask the right questions. And I, I'm finding very few people ask the why. Mm. Very few people go underneath what's just asked to say, hmm. Now, you got to be careful with that. You might get a renegade. He asks great questions. Why are we doing it that way? Why can't we do it this way? Why can't, you know... Two-year-olds say why a lot. That's often mm. not appealing. I don't know if you remember your kids being two, but like, will you quit asking me why? <laughs> yes, yes. But, yes. but uh, uh, y y your listeners are smart. How can mm. you interview in a way that allows a candidate the chance to show whether or not they ask good questions? Because for me, you, know, you can train your team to get better at all these things, but it's far easier to build a team that's already good at these things. So, so right. yes, this right. is a training tool, but it's also like a matrix for how I interview as an exec pastor for this next sound engineer or whatever thing it is that you're looking for. Love it. Well, I want to, I want to encourage people to pick this up. When I saw this, I thought, man, this would be a great tool. We're coming to that time of year where it's like, you know, maybe we buy copies of this for our team. Maybe it's a Christmas book or it's a, Hey, let's work on this together. You know, let's go to through this as a team, that kind of thing. That's what really struck me. You can obviously get it at Amazon. You can, you know, drop by your your website. Uh, so it's the book's called Be the Unicorn, 12 Data-Driven Habits That Separate the Best Leaders from the Rest. What are you hoping? What's the kind of seismic shift that you're hoping happens? You know, you spend a lot of time writing a book. You spend a lot of effort trying to promote it. You do that because you want to see something change, something. What, what kind of change are you hoping for in the organizations that really take this in and, and, and chew on it? I still want to overpopulate heaven, Rich. Love it. I still want to overpopulate heaven. I want to, mm -hmm. I want to have to have a conversation with Jesus about, we got to have a building program and build a little more heaven because you guys have introduced too many people to me. <laughs> that That yes. is what I would like to see happen. And so if, if, if we can help the church go farther and faster toward knocking down the gates of hell, mm -hmm. then so that's good. the shift.
right? And I don't know anything that slows the church down more than people problems. Mm. So if if this book can help solve some people problems, help your team get a little better, that's going to help introduce more people to Jesus and move us toward overpopulation. So good. That's great. Well, William, I really appreciate you. I appreciate your, um, you're one of those leaders in my life that we haven't interacted a ton over the years, but that every time we are together, you say something that sticks in the back of my brain and, and I, it comes up time and again, and I'm sure that that'll be the case with this book. It'll be the kind of thing that as people read, uh, it'll be super helpful for folks, uh, as they're, they're leading. So again, friends, let's be the unicorn 12 data-driven habits that separate the best leaders from the rest. I appreciate you being here today. Anything else you want to say just as we wrap up today's episode? No, uh, just that after 15 years, we've been writing free content forever. And if your listeners haven't gone to our site, there are about 4,000 completely free resources there on building and running and keeping a team. And some of you guys and gals have been through business training. You know how to do this. A lot of people don't. So Mm. uh, if we can help close that gap for you, uh, it's kind of like what you're doing. Stuff they didn't teach me at that seminary with that degree back there. Uh, So it's there (laughs) for the taking. Please use it. Go do the best you can, and thanks for your service. Love it. And the great thing about the name Vanderblumen, you don't you just spell it somewhere close enough, and Amazon or Google will will figure it out. It's a great uh, little hack there of you know SEO. William, I appreciate you being here today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for what you're doing to serve the church and lots of organizations. Uh, thank you for being here today. Thanks, Rich. Always a joy. Thanks for tuning in to the Unseminary Podcast. Drop by unseminary.com for more helpful resources for you and your team. There you will find articles, online courses, and so much more. Unseminary, stuff you wish they taught in seminary. Presented by CDF Capital. Visit them at cdf.capital forward slash unseminary.